Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Markets have been a little rough since the beginning of the year. And it can get scary, especially for newbies, those who haven't been roughed up or ever taken to the woodshed. And it can be scary, and it can make people panicky. And when people panic, they generally make bad decisions. So let's take a deep breath, talk about the recent sell-off, and how we can navigate the treacherous waters. I'm Andy Gersher. This is Gaines. Let's bring on regular Gaines guest Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager at Smart Portfolios out of San Diego. His website is always macrotides.com. Jim, um, first of all, as I mentioned in the lead, let's just take a deep breath, not panic here. Let's let's talk people off the the ledge here. I mean, especially if somebody's new to this, yeah. uh, you know, markets are getting a little choppy. Let's set the table first of all. Um, yeah. What's kind of led to this this weakness as of late? Well, you know, and, and recap and recap the and, and real quick. I'm sorry, and, yeah. and just recap. Our discussion leading up to this, because we, we've yeah. been kind of talking about this. So yep. go ahead. I'm and sorry, Jim. December, we, you know, had a couple of conversations and, uh, you know, the scenario that I expected to happen in the first quarter was that Treasury yields would start to ramp up, um, both because of inflation, change in monetary policy by the Fed, but also that the Fed would be cutting back on its purchases of Treasury bonds so you got a supply-demand imbalance, which had been previously very much in favor of keeping rates down, that, that we would see that reverse, that the 10-year would go above the March high at 176 on its way to 2% and maybe a little bit higher. And then as that unfolded, we would see pressure on the high P.E. stocks, namely a lot of the mega-cap stocks and others like them. So you know, in December, it was my expectation was the S&P could rally above 4,800, maybe make it closer to 4,900. Didn't quite get there. It got to 4,844. But the expectation was that we would see a decline of 10 to 15 percent in the overall market uh, in the first quarter. So the S&P now is down seven. NASDAQ 100, I think, is down about 11. And the Russell 2000 is down maybe 15 to 16 percent. So, Anybody who's been reading my letter, our conversations that we've had, this is what was expected based on higher interest rates and and a shift in monetary policy. So if you see things coming, it certainly gives you an opportunity to prepare uh, and at the same time not be surprised so that you don't freak out when something like this transpires. So, you know, to me, everything was set up for this kind of a pullback in the market. Um, and I do think that, uh, as we'll, I'm sure, discuss, there's probably a little bit more downside. Um, but I do think that there's a, a going to be a pretty decent rally that will kick in uh, at some point in time in the first half of this year. Well, you know, we talked, as you mentioned, and, and if you haven't heard those earlier podcasts, you may go back. It really sets the table and kind of gives a, a, a little whiff of what we're experiencing now um, the, the, there was one that we talked to Jim on December 28th, how to exploit macro trends in 2022. Uh, and then there was one, uh, that we did, 
uh, like in mid-December on how to leverage the Federal Reserve's monetary policy headlines. And um, so we talked about a lot of the things that are going on and this shift. So um, as Jim just mentioned, he sees a little further downside, but not a complete sell-off or uh, uh, or even anything close to a bear market. So how much farther do we have to go? And what's your advice for the gains listener right now, Jim? Well, the one thing just to touch on, because I think it's a very important point uh, from a standpoint of how much more downside always has to be put in, I think, in the context of how the economy is likely to perform over the next six to 12 months. I do not see a recession, and there's a lot of really good reasons, I think, for that. Consumers are sitting on over $2 trillion worth of savings. Wage growth has been very, very strong, as we all know. Uh, Consumers have more than $60 billion of credit card debt that they could charge just to get back to where credit card debt was before the pandemic. Uh, The labor market is really tight, which is the exact opposite of what happens as you enter a recession. When things slow too much, companies start to lay people off. People have less spending power. There you get a recession. We're seeing just the opposite, Andy, in the sense that uh, companies just can't find enough workers. I don't think that's going to change materially in coming months. Inventory levels are still extremely low, which means companies need to produce more goods so that uh, retailers and everyone else can put stuff on their shelf. So these are all reasons why uh, I don't think a recession is in the cart. That said, when we get into February, we're going to hear Fed governors and presidents, regional Fed presidents, giving speeches, and the theme is going to be the same. Um, we're really serious about fighting inflation. We're going to get it under control. In other words, they're going to be talking very hawkish. And the reason why I think that'll be material is we will see economic data come in softer for the month of January for all the reasons I think we all pretty much know why. Um, So there's going to be this drumbeat of softer economic reports at the same time the Fed is going to be talking tougher. And that combination usually isn't terrific for stock prices. Uh, People will be saying, oh, my God, the Fed is tightening into a slowdown in the economy. Well, let's hit the panic button type of thing. Um, so that, I think, is one of the reasons why we will see lower prices. A couple of weeks ago, uh, occasionally I do uh, send out a tweet. The S&P was around 47.40. And I said, I, I think, you know, these are some of the things that are going to happen. And the net result is the S&P will be below 4,500 in the first quarter. Well, we did it already today. Um, I think a trip below 4,400 uh, is increasingly unlikely And, you know, again, what's happening, Annie, and this is important, for years, institutions overweighted technology, um, and it paid off well. But now they see the clouds on the horizon because higher interest rates, both in terms of Treasury yields, Fed policy, puts downward pressure on P.E. ratios. Uh, And we're likely to see, you know, the Fed embark on this. Uh, course that's going to last for months and months and months. So I think what we're seeing in terms of technology is institutions that had previously overweighted their representation in the S&P 500 uh, beginning to pair that back to an equal weight. And what we're seeing is persistent selling yesterday and today where you get a a pop-up uh, in the early trading session, and then roll over and head down later. And I think, to me, that just means, Andy, that institutions are pulling back on their technology exposure, um, and that's one of the, obviously, leading causes for the market to be as weak as we've seen. Well, for the gains investor, um, or the gains listener, uh, who often invests in a lot of these high-flying names, and we've talked about the shift, and hopefully some folks have have lightened the load on on some of these high-growth names because they're really actually taking it it to the chin right now. Um, When you're in this situation, it kind of seems scary. Markets are are volatile. How do you know when to cut bait, too? So you start having losses. How do you know when to cut bait, when to— to you know, maybe cut bait and buy lower. I mean, yeah. How do you, as when, as a money manager, how do you navigate these kind of waters? 
Well, again, the analysis there was uh, set that, you know, why the market was prone to have a 10 to 15 percent correction. So that was key. But in looking at individual stocks and market averages, Andy, one has to use technical analysis, chart analysis, because in a bull market, high, you know, what happens is uh, stocks and market averages hit higher highs, higher lows. That's a definition of an uptrend. Uh, the opposite happens when you go into an intermediate uh, correction, which is what we are in now. And we've seen it over the last couple of weeks or so. The S&P goes down, bounces, but the bounce hits a lower high than the prior rally did. Goes down, hits a lower high. So that pattern has to change. When- so to me, you know, again, individual investors have to look at stock charts in order to say, is it time to lighten up? when a stock starts to take out a prior low in, within the context of an overall downtrend. Are you looking at individual stock? Because we actually talked about this yeah. uh, just recently. I, I talked about this with another guest. Um, technical analysis on the broader market and technical analysis on individual stocks are, are kind of a different animal. And in these situations, are you going, are you stock picking? Are you looking at individual stock charts? Or yeah. are you looking at the broader indexes and making macro plays like buying the S&P, buying the NASDAQ 100? Um, you know, Yeah, it's a combination, Andy, for me, of looking at market averages to get a real sense for the market's direction and then looking at individual sectors uh, within the S&P and throughout the overall market to identify which sectors are holding up better during a decline or ideally going up faster than the S&P during an advance. And what sectors are you looking at right now? Is Has anything pulled back enough where you're, you're finding it attractive? What, what, what sectors are you kind of eyeing right now? The ones I'm eyeing actually, Andy, are uh, emerging markets. Um, for a number of reasons. A, from a valuation standpoint, uh, they're far cheaper than the S&P 500. Uh, A couple important developments, I think, are taking shape in the sense that I think the dollar uh, has more strength. I turned bullish the dollar back in June. It's rallied from 89.50 to about 97. I think there's another push that will likely take the dollar above 97. But at that point in time, I think the dollar starts to pull back. It's interesting. What happens is initially uh, when the Fed, well, I'll back up. Last summer, I thought the dollar was going to rally because the Fed was likely to move away from monetary accommodation faster than the European Central Bank. The euro is 57% of the dollar index. So with that expectation, I thought the dollar would rally, and it has. At the point in time when the Fed starts raising rates, International investors begin to look out 12, 18 months from now, and they're going to project, wait a second, if the Fed raises rates three, four times or whatever the number turns out to be, the U.S. economy is going to slow relative to its you know, recent performance, but more importantly, to the excess growth that it has enjoyed relative to the European Union and other countries. So what happens then at some point in time, the Fed starts raising rates. And everyone thinks it's logical. Hey, the Fed's raising rates. The dollar should strengthen. There comes a tipping point when people start to say, yeah, they're raising rates. But at some point in time down the road, that's going to slow economic growth. And then the dollar starts to trend lower. I think that inflection point could be happening in the first quarter. Uh, Secondly, the Chinese central bank has started to incrementally slowly lower interest rates. And I think that's a plus not just for China, but overall uh, emerging market space. Um, If you look at Brazil and a number of the other emerging market economies, Andy, their central banks have been raising rates for months and months. The Brazil central bank has gone from 2 to 6%. Uh, They are much closer to hitting the pause button um, than the the Fed and certainly the ECB, which is way behind. So to me, that's important. When I look at it technically, I look at how each of these sectors are performing relative to the S&P 500. And think of a rubber band. You know, you can stretch it so far to a certain, you know, in one direction. And then it has a a tendency to snap back, you know, do a regression to the mean move. So when I look at 
China. Uh, FXI is the symbol for China. It has tested a multi-year uh, trend line. Uh, Brazil just did the same thing. Uh, EEM came down uh, last month and hit a trend line connecting prior highs going back the last the last six, seven years. So to me, what I see is technically these things are near important lows. They've been underperforming the S&P by a wide margin since early 2021. And I just think that if the fundamental things happen as far as the Fed and the dollar topping out with, um, you know, the Chinese central bank easing a bit more, I think potentially uh, the emerging markets, uh, you know, can offer a pretty good entry point. So a real, real well, quick, my, when when yeah. when Jim said EEM, uh, that's the iShares MSCI Emerging Market ETF. So that's yep. what he's referring to when he says EEM. Go ahead, Jim. Yep. So in my uh, uh, one of my letters going back, I don't know if it was late November or early December. Just based on the chart, I suggested establishing a 33% position if EEM got below 47.25, and it did. It dropped to 47.15. It has subsequently rebounded. Today, it closed at 49.72. So we have this very ugly day on Wall Street, and EEM actually was up. Uh, Brazil was actually up, and China was up because they cut rates uh, yesterday. So they're starting to show better relative strength as the S&P is coming down. To me, that's a big plus. Uh, what I would say is that I'm waiting because I do think the S&P is going to have a rally uh, between now and, let's say, uh, late January, early February, and uh, it'll hit another lower high. And then I think we're going to go down again, maybe below 4,400. Um, and that during that weakness, um, I think these ETFs, uh, the EEM, uh, China's FXI and Brazil is EWZ can pull back. And if they continue to show this kind of relative strength, Andy, I think they're tipping their hand that once the U.S. market bottoms, these sectors have the potential of rallying uh, you know, much more strongly than the S&P can. And, you know, for the, at least the, these are volatile sectors. So one has to know that going in. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. I mean, just to kind of yeah. you, you mentioned Brazil's index, uh, yep. the MSCI iShares, ticker EWZ. Uh, you're looking at the chart. That thing was, what, 42 bucks in uh, in October. So it's come yeah. back a lot. I, I mean, last print, about 30. So uh, if you have a turnaround there, you, just to get back to where it was in October, and if the conditions are are favoring emerging markets, uh, you could get some nice gains there. So uh, yeah. give those yeah. numbers out again because that's c- crucial. The Brazil exposure ETF, EWZ. The general emerging markets ETF, EEM. Give a couple a couple of those other names. Yeah. Uh, well, and then the China uh, ETF FXI. Um, because I do think China is going to continue to, you know, gradually ease monetary policy because not only are they dealing with and everything. We're I'm dealing sorry, with, real quick. That's yeah. F is in Frank, X is in Xerox, I is in Ida. FXI. Perfect. That's the yep. iShares China large cap ETF. Go ahead. I'm yep. sorry. Yep. So these sectors have had pretty decent bounces. Technically, they're nearing overbought, you know, status. So I'm expecting, for instance, EWZ, a pullback, you know, below 2875. Uh, today it closed at 3013. Um, uh, so, you know, to me it's like, all right, this is on the radar screen. It starts to pull back. Uh, you know, what price level would I look to, uh, you know, establish at least a partial long into weakness? That would be, you know, one of the areas and prices that I would look at. Um, FXI, the China ETF. Um, I'm doing some quick math inside my head here. The uh, like 20, 3850-ish to me is a place to look for a pullback on that. And uh, uh, again, take a third position or whatever that makes sense for somebody's risk tolerance. Um, and the nice because, thing about you know, a trading and getting exposure through these ETFs, uh, for the you know uh, the newbies, 
uh, an ETF is a basket of stocks or investments in a particular sector. So, uh, you know, it's a real inexpensive and efficient way to just get instant access. And they're very liquid, too. To yeah, get yeah. instant access to Brazil markets by buying the ETF. You're buying a basket of Brazilian stocks. Um, same thing with the China. And then the emerging markets is is a broad portfolio of emerging market stocks. So these uh, are really a, a, a nice, cheap, effective way to get in and out of these positions. Explain. Yeah. Well, if you're buying uh, the Brazil ETF, uh, you know, it has a diversified portfolio uh, of Brazilian companies. Uh, so it saves one the uh, trouble and effort to, gee, I'm going to analyze all kinds of Brazilian companies and get financial statements and do all the rest of that. Um, you know, most markets in terms of an individual company, country, you know, are going to move together. So it, when the, the winds are headwinds, you got a problem. So if you look at Brazil as a case in point, I mentioned in early June, I thought the dollar was bottoming. In early June, as you noted, FXI was trading at about 41 to $42 a share. And the dollar has been going up this whole period of time. If the dollar is about to hit a, an intermediate high and then have a decent-sized pullback, uh, that would become a very big tailwind for um, Brazilian uh, the economy as well as obviously the, the stocks. Um, so the other thing that happens if the dollar is weaker, the real, which is the Brazilian currency, will start to strengthen, and that helps international investors choose or want to put money in Brazilian companies because the currency is a tailwind for their investments. Uh, so if the currency goes up 5% and the stock goes up uh, 10% and you're a U.S. international investor uh, in terms of dollars, uh, you've made 15%. Because you're 10. converting because you're converting those yeah. reals to, back to U.S. dollars because the, the, exactly. uh, the investment is in the local currency. So uh, yes. that's yeah. I'm going to give you one Brazilian name that uh, – I just discovered it's it's the only Brazilian exposure, but it's an energy company mm -hmm. out of Brazil that's done pretty well since the beginning of the year. My only Brazil exposure right now, though, I'm going to be looking at this ETF. The ticker it's a it's a a petro company out of Brazil, and the ticker on that is just PBR. So it's something okay. you might check out uh, if you're looking at an individual, and it, you know it's it's Brazil. And it's energy, so it's actually, if you look at the chart, it's done fairly well. Um, yeah. So anyway. Well, I remember PBR, uh, Andy, you know, except when I was in college, it wasn't an oil company. It was Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer. Oh, yes. <laughs> Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is a little different PBR. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> hopefully I'll do a little better with th this PBR than Back in my, yeah. my college days with Paps. Yeah. Uh, Andy on PBR. And if you look at it, there was a high in January of 21, a high in June of 21. And if you draw a trend line connecting those two highs, it tagged that trend line in the last couple of days. The RSI is above 70. So this would be a case in point where, all right, it's trading up around uh, 1260 or so. Um, you know, could it pull back to 1150? Yeah. You know, so. Um, uh, you know, my own take just for what it's worth on energy, I think oil prices are likely nearing a high and we're going to see a fairly decent pullback over the next uh, two to four months. So for me, I, I think energy's had a terrific run to begin the beginning part of uh, this year. Um, but I think one should kind of keep one eye on the, the exit here for at least uh, taking some money off the table. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Especially so. in this case. I mean, we've had a huge run-up. I mean, look at the chart as of yeah. late, and <laughs> that's uh, that's one area that we've moved into as some of the high-growth names. I know I moved a lot from some crypto gains and some other things that I was in into the energy I, and that was going to be my next question. We're going to go to a break real quick, and we're going to talk about energy on the other side because that was my next question. Energy's had a run. 
You know, markets just don't go to the moon forever. You know, when do you start taking chips off the table? We'll talk to Jim Welsh about that when we get back from our uh, our break. But real quick, hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. And then, as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. Uh, we do our gains episodes on Tuesday and Thursday. So we'll be back with Jim Welsh in just a minute. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, back with Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager at Smart Portfolios out of San Diego, California. His website, macrotides.com. Jim always gives us an email that we can send to him to get additional information. Why don't you share uh, any kind of plugs or that email uh, with our gains audience, Jim? Sure. Uh, it's Jim Welsh Macro, M A C R O, and obviously Welsh is spelled W E L S H. Uh, the nationality, not the grape juice, uh, .com. Uh, so it's jimwelshmacro.com. And if you send me an email, I'll be happy to send you a, you know, one of the more recent uh, weekly technical reviews or my monthly letter, which is Macro Tides. Uh, so I would be happy to send uh, anybody who sends me an email, Andy, uh, the January Macro Tides, because it gets into a lot of the inflation information and why I think uh, – you know, the inflation is going to get worse before it gets better. All right. And and, and again, thanks for, uh, as Jim has mentioned, uh, you know, there may be a little bit more downside, but, you know, he doesn't see things completely falling apart here. So, nope. uh, you know, Jim, thanks for uh, kind of talking us off the edge there for those, <laughs> those who are nervous. So 
As we were going into our commercial break, we were talking energy, one area that has had a a decent run up uh, as of late. And uh, that was my question. My next question for you is in things that have done well, energy is an example. Um, how do you handle it after you've got you've you know posted some good gains? Um, you know, is there that much more room to go? And 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 do you start taking chips off the table? Yeah, uh, I yes. To answer the last question first, I think when something has run as much as uh, oil prices and the energy stocks, it makes sense to start to look to uh, take some money off the table. They're really overbought. So oil, for instance, the RSI is at 76. That's a real high number. Um, if I go out and look at it, that's a daily RSI reading, Andy. If I do go to a weekly chart, the RSI is only 66. But here's the problem, uh, as I see it, that with the new price highs we've seen this past week, uh, above the highs that were established uh, back at the end of October, uh, oil was trading up around 81, 82 bucks, something like that. The RSI back then was uh, about 72, something like that. So the point being is when something gets overbought, has a pullback, makes new price highs, but the RSI hits a lower level, especially when it's below 70 uh, uh, RSI, then that to me is a warning that the upside energy is starting to dissipate and you're close to a pullback. So to me, technically, these are all reasons why I think uh, oil prices are near high and we're likely to see a pullback that could take it to the mid-60s. So, you know, it's 85, it could potentially pull back to 65. Um, if that transpires over the next two to four months, I got to believe that energy stocks um, are going to, you know, get hit because a lot of people have piled into them. And when they, if and when they start to pull back and they're starting to, you know, they get to down 10% for where a lot of people bought them, the heat gets turned up and that's where you get another shakeout. It's kind of like we'll see something similar happening with the oil stocks as we're seeing now with technology. Uh, a lot of people have owned technology. Now they're down uh, you know, 10%. Most people haven't experienced a 5% correction. And so they are freaking out. And a lot of um, times that what has worked in the past is, hey, you get a couple percent pullback on a lot of these high flyers, you're buying the dip. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And it is, it is, you know, paid off for you like clockwork each time. But, uh, you know, maybe you shouldn't buy the dip right now, especially in, in, in tech <laughs> stocks. Um, yeah. I, what's your, if, if individuals are, or if investors are, are caught on holding some of those tech stocks, I mean, just looking at, you know, Netflix, uh, yeah. down big this afternoon. If yeah. those folks didn't make the shift and they're kind of holding the bag on some of these, some of these shares, you certainly don't want to panic because right. th that, right. that's, that's really bad. You can get out and then miss it, you know, and it, it comes back and you miss out. Um, what's your advice for individuals who, Maybe didn't lighten up enough, and they're starting to fill sure. it now. I mean, uh, talk to them. Well, I think you have to differentiate. And Netflix is a real company with real revenue and real earnings. And to me, what that implies is you're seeing, uh, again, uh, going, people going, institutions going from being overweight down to, let's say, a neutral weighting uh, on Netflix. Um, so you're getting this you know, increase in selling pressure. Um, my guess is, if we look at a price chart of Netflix three to six months from now, and you can kind of say, okay, what was the high? What was the low? And then do a calculation of about a 50% retracement. So whatever that low turns out, and it very well could be 50 bucks lower than where it's trading today. But my guess is, you know, most of the decline in a company like Netflix has taken place. And the probability of it having a 50% retracement of from it, what it lost from the top to the low is really, really high. And you could get more than a 50% retracement, obviously, if I'm right about the S&P and the overall market rallying strongly and going to a new all-time high in the second half of this year. 
um, can compare Netflix to a lot of the meme stocks uh, and theme type stocks that don't have a whole lot of revenue, certainly don't have any earnings. Those stocks, yeah, they're going to bounce. They just aren't going to bounce, um, you know, as much because they're not real companies yet. They got pumped up on sentiment and momentum. And what we're seeing is both those factors are getting unwound with a vengeance. So to me, people have to differentiate the quality of the company, uh, it, you know, tells you a lot in terms of, okay, I got some more pain to sit through, but the probabilities are really high that I'm going to be able to sell it at a higher price than where it's trading right today. And I would say that Netflix would fall into that category. Yeah, you know, and there, there will that's, be a time down the road to sell it for more than 400 bucks a share. That That's a great point. Um, meanwhile, if you're stuck on, and you kind of alluded to this, companies like the meme stocks, the AMCs, uh, the GME GameStop, um, I mean, there could be a lot further downside because these particular companies, they do, they the prices soar in hyped up markets, but you yep. see the exact uh, thing happen to the downside when the broader market uh, gets hit and people start fearing any kind of risk. Yes. Yeah. And again, the main thing is the bounce back, the recovery will be uh, far weaker on these game stocks because they're not going to get the same kind of sponsorship they got, you know, in the course of the last 12 months on hype because people will have been burned so badly. Once burned, there's going to be great reluctance to say, okay, I'm going to buy game stock now. Um, so again, it just comes down to companies that, you know, got pumped up on sentiment and momentum I, without a, being a serious business. I mean, AMC and GameStop, uh, you know, uh, are they going to be around? Yeah, they're probably going to be around, <laughs> but are they going to be thriving? I don't think so. You know, so. Um, well, and uh, is, is the run up in their price really is the run-up in their price realistic for the, the tr actual value of the company? And the answer exactly. probably is resoundingly no. no. Yes. Yeah. So could they drop another 40 or 50% some of those companies from where they are trading today? And then the probability of them rallying enough, to, you know, again, a 50% retracement from top to bottom, I think is very likely in a Netflix some of these other ones, I just don't believe that is the case, and they could easily see more downside um, because institutional interest in Netflix hasn't gone away. Um, retail interest in GameStop is getting, you know, crushed, and that's not likely to return. So, all right, now looking back domestically, uh, as as we're wrapping up today's gains podcast. Uh, give us a couple sectors domestically. We talked about emerging markets uh, and, and and Brazil and China and those ETFs to play. Um, I'll just remind the Gaines listener that uh, another one of Jim's picks has been URA, which is uh, the uranium ETF. And he likes that. Um, he explained why. Uh, real quick and just... In case yeah. people didn't hear a couple of episodes, you quickly explained why you like uranium here. Yeah. Uh, you know, it has to do with um, how it's classified in Europe. Explain that real quick and then yeah. just give us a couple, uh, as we wrap up here, just give us a couple domestic sectors, some kind of ETF that uh, you think is a buy at, yep. at these current levels. Okay. Uh, uranium is basically that I think the world needs to move toward nuclear and increase that uh, uh, power generation for electricity. If we want to have green cars, they got to be recharged at night, and uh, we need more nuclear power. And around the world, in, in Asia especially, uh, a number of company, countries are planning to increase the number of nuclear plants they have. A couple, two, three weeks ago, the European Union came out and said, you know, we're going to reclassify nuclear power as a green power, you know, because it will provide clean electricity. Uh, and it's a great intermediate phase to when we can get to uh, a renewable base of energy production. So that to me was very significant. 
So a few weeks ago, it turned out the timing was terrible. It was on the morning of the Fed announcement, and the market reversed pretty strongly. I recommended a one-third position. So if somebody, you know, if 5% is your bag, then, you know, that would be about 1.7%. It was trading just under $26. It's down, I think, 22 50. Um, I can look that up real quick. If it gets down near 20, I'm going to add to the position. You yeah, know. I got 2213 on uh, yeah, Global yeah. X Uranium ETF. Yeah. I mean, I can see again, looking at the chart, given the weakness that we've seen, can it drop to $20 a share? Given, again, the expectation that we've got more weakness in the overall market, I, I think it could drop that far. I will look to add to the position if and when it gets down there. Because, uh, you know, the longer term picture and story uh, has not changed. It was just a bad entry point on, on my part, um, doing it on the morning of uh, the Fed minutes coming out, which then proved to be more hawkish and everything reversed uh, very sharply at, at that point. But, but I, I see where I you're like going with this long term. Yep. And, and you also yep. have uh, a fundamental behind it uh, yep. as as. You know, there's going to be the need for energy, and and Europe is looking at maybe nuclear as more environmentally friendly or yep. is clean en energy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that that could bode well because they've really at one time a lot of Europe that Europe used a lot of uh, uh, nuclear to to yeah. go ahead and and uh, power yeah. things, and they're really kind of paying the price now by backing off on that. And uh, the renewable stuff hasn't come to fruition like uh, they initially thought. Yeah, and yeah. now they're, you know, the unfortunate thing for the environment is they're now forced to burn oil and coal to to make up for a lot of uh, the difference. So they're actually being dirtier than ever. Yeah. So talk no, no, about that is, a, that is exactly the right point. Uh, France, for instance, gets 70 percent of its electricity is generated by nuclear, and they're planning on building more uh, plants. Uh, Germany, the other end of the spectrum, uh, right after Fukushima in 2011, they said, okay, we're gonna close our nuclear plants. I believe they have two plants left that they're planning to, to close, and they're facing exactly what you're talking about, Andy. The reliance on coal has gone up, so they're emitting more uh, you know, bad stuff. And, and, they, and then gas. they have to, yeah, exactly. You're talking about natural gas. They have to yep. cozy up with, with uh, Putin, you yep. know, in this pipeline. Yep. So it's really yep. put them at a uh, a strategic disadvantage as well, I would think. And and it, then that plays absolutely. out with maybe even stuff that we're seeing on in Ukraine and some other spots in Europe. I mean, it's kind of in a mess. So uh, yeah, yep. I, I I'm with you on this uranium. I think the long term. So a dollar cost into this. Yep. ETF yep. long term is the play here. A couple right. as we wrap up, just a couple more sector ETFs to take a look up or look at before we uh, finish up here. Okay. Um, again, my expectation is the market's oversold. We're going to get a bounce that could carry the S and P up to forty six hundred, maybe forty six fifty ish. Um, over the next couple weeks, uh, we may. I, I'd be surprised if there isn't more weakness tomorrow. Uh, into early next week. I think people are going to react to the Fed meeting next Wednesday, Andy, and they're going to spin uh, a positive on that. And so I think that might be one of the catalysts that helps the market rebound from after being really oversold. After that rally, though, my expectation is there's another leg down coming. So there's nothing that I would say, hey, someone should rush out and buy. Um, uh, I, I continue to look at basic materials because it has been showing good relative strength uh, as the S&P has pulled back. Um, and the other sector I would look at just because it's gotten so beat up is biotechnology. But that is probably going to take, there's going to be more weakness than some base building, but it is down very significantly uh, from where it was uh, a year ago. So, uh, I mean, on the order of, you know, 50% type of stuff. Wow, so, so you're getting a, a a good deal there. Now you're not well, outright I mean, good deal short. Can always get better, right? Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yes, we've seen that. But yeah. you're not outright short in the market, though. No, no. What I will do is, if we get uh, this rally that I think is likely, and if it does carry up towards forty six fifty, the high last week was forty six sixty five. So that immediately becomes all right. If we're going to get a halfway decent rally, 
that would be you know one of my first targets that it could get up to 4650 to 4665 that will be depending on how things look at if and when the S&P gets there a place to go short um, if it motors above 4665 then the low 4700s 4710 to 4730 would be the next area so my my thought here Andy is let's wait for this oversold condition to exhaust itself see a rebound in the market and then uh, hopefully make a good educated guess in terms of when that rally is running out of gas and look to go short at that point in anticipation of an, another decline that will take the S&P below. Whatever the low is that we reach on this decline, I, I think we're going to see another decline that takes us below that, that level. So, um, you know, again, I'm not sure people fully comprehend that the Fed is um, – serious about having to make this switch and they're going to talk a real tough game. And, um, you know, I, if the economy weakens, as I said, a lot of the data coming out for January in the month of February is going to show softness. So it's like the worst of two worlds. Oh my God, the feds raising rates into a weakening economy. Tough to be bullish in that kind of environment. Right. Yeah. But, uh, they're forced to, because yep. of the inflation side of the equation. All right, yeah, well, hey, thank I, One ahead. last thing I just want to add just to kind of round this thing off. Okay, so again, my thesis was 10 to 15% down. Then I think as we get into the second quarter, Andy, um, we're going to see the inflation numbers come down very sharply in May, June, and July uh, for the prior months because the numbers in 2021 for April, May, and June were really big. So those become the takeaway values. If the Fed moves, as I hope and think they may, which increases in March, May, and June, after that June increase, the Fed could very easily say, you know what, we've just raised rates three times. Inflation is starting to come down as we expected. We can hit the pause button. And I think that's my focus is uh, because I think that's the backdrop that would enable the S&P to rally to a new all-time high um, as we get into the second half of this year. So we just needed to get this flush job first, and then I think potentially we'll see the Fed hit the pause button at some point in time, and that will be uh, supportive for a, another pretty good rally. All right, so don't panic and strategize. I, you yep. know, Pick your spots and be disciplined. And uh, and again, the, the, the worst thing is just – Oh, I just got to get out of the market. And, yeah. you know, this stuff is going to like, as Jim mentioned, he doesn't even see like a long term bear market. And not a lot yet. of not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Not unless yet. There's unless there's coming. an indicator. <laughs> there's one coming, I think. Uh, longer, longer out. Oh, tw- yeah. We're talking years out, though. Yeah. 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 Nothing. In, the right. in fact, I'm going to send you a chart, Andy, uh, going back, I think, about 40 or 50 years that shows drawdowns in the S&P. And it has, you know, gray areas or shaded areas uh, where recessions took place. Uh, if so, if any you know, listener to this podcast would like me to send that chart to him, I'm happy to do so. Because what you'll see is you get bear markets because of recessions. And then the other category is events. So in 87, the S&P fell 30-some percent. Well, that was portfolio insurance getting unwound. 1998, it was greater than 20 percent. Well, that was the Russian default. So you, but those kinds of sharp declines when the economy is in decent shape happen really quick and then they're over really quick. So the big ones that I think what you're talking about, people being worried about is, oh, my God, are we going into recession? Yeah, those are the 30 percent or greater declines. But I do not see enough evidence at this point in time to seriously consider that we're on the cusp of a, of a recession. So that means we're in the 10 to 20% variety type of correction um, because the economy, I think, uh, Omicron is going to peak in the next two weeks. And that means two months from now, we're going to see another reopening in the U.S. economy. And people have the wherewithal because of savings, uh, their higher wages, to spend money. So I think, yeah, the data is going to be weak for the next couple of months. But as we get into the second quarter, I, I think we'll see uh, the reverse effects from Omicron and the economy is going to be or, you know, it's going to be doing better. That is going to be supportive for the equity market as well. All right. Well, hey, thanks to Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager at Smart Portfolios 
out of San Diego, California. His website, macrotides.com. So, hey, Jim, thanks again for joining us. Uh, We'll be sure to have you on again real soon. All right. Thanks so much, Andy. Take care. All right. We'll see you now. Uh, As always, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And then, as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. We are back on Tuesday, and we are going into the metaverse. We're going to take a deep dive into the metaverse, so you're going to want to tune in uh, next Tuesday. So we'll see you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.